The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Dynamic Pet Pet Duo. Well, you got to get ready for the spookiest time of the year, especially if you have pets. This is one of my favorite shows of the year since I am the queen of Halloween. You know, Dr. Fleck, did you know that the National Retail Federation estimates that Halloween spending will reach? Now, get this over $12 billion, $12.3 billion to be exact. Wow. All that money in this economy? Absolutely. People want to celebrate. And that's one point six billion more than people spent last year. So what else are Halloween celebrants spending money on? Well, NRF, that's the National Retail Federation annual survey predicts four point one billion is going to be spent on costumes. Now for pets. 0.7 0.7 billion on pet costumes, 3.9 billion on candy, 3.9 billion on decorations, and 0.5 billion on greeting cards. Can you believe it? So about 20% of costumes are on pets. Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. So the NRF reveals that the most popular pet costumes, now these are the basics, right? That's the pumpkin, the hot dog, our logo, the bee for the pet buzz. Last year, I told you the bat had gained a lot of popularity. It's still going strong, but the spider is the new up and comer. You know, I love that because of Charlotte's web and is now on a lot of Halloween indoor and outdoor decorations. Well, you know what? If you've just joined us, we're talking Halloween pet costumes. What else? What other costumes do we expect to see? Well, you know, costumes in a lot of cases are about politics, popular culture and local news. So I think you're going to see a lot of pets dressed like aliens because you remember all that congressional hearing stuff. A few astronauts as well. Barbie, of course, for gals of all ages. And I'm sure the Donald Trump costume will be making a comeback. Remember that Ruby's costume with the blonde wig and the white shirt, red tie and blue suit? That was the Donald Trump costume. And I'm sure that's going to be making a comeback. Like I said, we can't forget Disney's Little Mermaid. (laughs) A lot of black dogs dressed as the Little Mermaid. Well, that was a huge, hot, controversial topic, if you recall, not only here in this country, but also in China. So, like I said, we'll see a lot of black dogs dressed as a little mermaid with the red wig. I also think we're going to bring back the scary to Fright Night. And I think you're going to see a lot of killer clowns, Grim Reapers, Freddy's, Chucky's, um, you know, superheroes in Star Wars. They're always going to remain popular, but they're not going to be hot. You know, Sesame Street came on the scene about two years ago. Animals and food are always going to be good and entertaining choices. 
And you know what else is hot? Any type of profession. So this year I saw Canadian Mounties. I saw sheriffs. Uh, I even saw a costume for a home goods worker. You know, in the past we had UPS, um, U.S. postal workers. There hasn't been one for Amazon yet, but I think eventually maybe Amazon will make their own Amazon costume. So, um, like I said, oh, there's even a Petco worker costume with the apron, but it's expensive. It was, tw- it was hy- hysterical to see it. What I found really funny was that it was $27. And then there are those pet owners who want to make their own costumes. So then where are pet owners buying costumes? Well, you've got Amazon, Chewy, Popular Choices, a Petco, PetSmart, Walmart, HalloweenCostumes.com, buy costumes, Halloween spirit stores. A lot of people like to buy pet costumes online. And then, of course, you know, the other pet stores. For discounts, there's TJ Maxx, Home Goods and Marshalls. Of course, you can go in there when you're buying a tablecloth or something for your house or some clothes or shoes, go check out the pet costumes. Years ago, they used to have a bunch. Now they don't have as many. Um, But, you know, to be honest with you, costumes in a lot of cases are almost gone, believe it or not. And it's the beginning of October. And I think that has a lot to do with shipping and manufacturing costs. So it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. Oh, and this time of the year, as the weather changes, there's always a lot of yard sales. So look for some costumes and other pet supplies and haggle well for the best price. You got to haggle well for the best price. Prices. What about prices? Well, they've definitely risen. And I'm going to say costumes probably cost 10 to 25 percent more than they did last year. Now, Chewy also produces their own costumes, okay? So their costumes have really stayed low and they have some of the lowest price costumes. So I encourage, and that's like one-stop shopping. So it's kind of interesting to see that costumes that were costing like $29, there's some costumes that are costing $39 now. Costumes, well, I forgot. What about dogs who don't like costumes? You know, bandanas are great. Um, leash and collar are also Halloween themed. Leash and collar are fine. You know what? Here's the best bandana to buy. I was in uh, Walmart yesterday. You know, they have fabric. They have Halloween fabric. Just go cut a corner of a piece of fabric and then take the zigzag scissors and then cut off a bandana for your dog. I bet you it'll cost you a dollar. You know, I mean, some of the best stuff that I found for my dogs, I got at um, some, uh, I told you, some yard sales here. So, um, yeah. What about kitties? Well, you weren't here when I talked to certified feline behaviorist Beth Edelman, you know, our uh, advisory board member. Um, Beth said that cats really do not like costumes. And that's why when you see them in photos, they always have those angry faces. But if your cat does like to wear a costume, consider an extra small. Or if you have a big hat like a Maine Coon, you know, get a small or a medium. But you want to keep it really, really loose. If it likes a costume, you'll know you're then you can have your pet wear the costume. You know, think Hocus Pocus or think Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. She can turn herself back and forth to the human form to a cat. So what other Halloween items are great 
for pets at this time of the year? Well, you know, I like Halloween themed toys, bowls, beds and mats, leashes and collars, even Halloween poop bags. I have them. You know, you can always find seasonal pet treats with pumpkin. Almost every manufacturer makes them. Um, there's boo bars on the market. And, you know, I mean, that they're made from blue buffalo. Um Milk Bone makes uh, Halloween treats. Actually, I like them because they come in a little bucket. You can hold them up when dogs come to the door for trick or treat. Um, there's all types of seasonal pet food with pumpkin. And of course, Primal makes raw goat's milk plus pumpkin spice. And it really looks nice and orange. So while you're having your pumpkin spice, your pet can have his pumpkin spice. And also a lot of foods now are freeze-dried raw. You could use that as a hydrator because goat's milk is a universal milk for dogs and cats. Um, you know, all this stuff, I think, gets you in the mood, you know, for Halloween and all the upcoming holidays because they're just around the corner. I think it really, at the end of the day, gives your home a seasonality. I mean, look at the studio now. We have a Halloween tree. We have a fall maple where the leaves are turning. Uh, we have an audience of skeletons in the corner. I mean, it just gives everything uh, an air of the season. So now I have a question for you. Can for you give us yes okay. for you? Can you give us the rundown of this week's show? Sure. This week on the Pet Buzz, we are celebrating Halloween with ASPCA's Tina Wismer, talking about Halloween dangers with veterinarian Dr. Jason Stahl about health concerns at public pet monster mashes, and with Ken Morris about photo tips. Thanks, Dr. Fleck. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're feeling much better, right? Better. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to our take a commercial break and be back with our next guest, which is Dr. Tina Wismer from the ASPCA talking about Halloween dangers. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. A Rottweiler named Whiskey with hours to live brought back to full health. A terrier named Snoopy, paralyzed in all four legs, who ran and played again within months. These dogs are known as Marty's Miracles. Dogs brought back to health by Dr. Marty Goldstein. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine, he's now created a premium dog food for you called Nature's Blend. It's the easiest way to support your dog's easy digestion, nourished skin, playful energy, and most importantly, their healthy, full life. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. 
She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient, Meat Meal, can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Bailey is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now. Nature's Blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives, additives, filler, or meat meal. He's got more energy, able to run around and play when our grandson comes. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I can't thank you enough. He's 12 and I'm enjoying every day with him. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. (laughs) Well, Halloween can be the spookiest night of the year, but keeping your pet safe doesn't have to be tricky. ASPCA veterinarian Dr. Tina Wismer is joining us to talk about Halloween dangers for dogs. Hey, Dr. Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. You know, Dr. Tina, um, Doc Fleck and I had just talked about um, costumes in our last segment. Can you review costume dangers, especially for brolicephalic dogs? So when we think about our little flat-faced friends, we always worry about, um, you know, they, they don't see very well and they don't breathe very well normally. And costumes can certainly obstruct vision. Um, because their little eyes kind of bug out a little bit. We can also see them getting corneal ulcers if the costume rubs on their eye. And then with breathing, of course, we don't want anything tight around their necks. I would think they would also most likely get overheated too. Yes, definitely. Certainly, you know, in areas of the country where you live, um, it's still really warm at Halloween. You know, every year there's a go-to costume and the go-to costume last year was the bat. This year it's the spider. And a lot of those spider costumes are very, very heavy and fluffy, right? Yes. And certainly we have to worry about, you know, going downstairs, going upstairs. Um, That can be dangerous. We don't want our pets to trip. Well, you know, the National Retail Federation estimates that Americans will spend about $3.9 billion dollars on Halloween decorations this year. Can you talk about Halloween dangers regarding decorations? Yes. When we think about decorations, of course, uh, most dangerous are going to be things like open flames, right? Candles. Um, So, you know, use one of those little artificial lights inside your pumpkin um, or in your decorations. We don't want our pets to potentially knock those over and start fires. You know what's really interesting, Dr. Tina? I can't believe how much spider webs are. They're almost $10 a bag. Can you believe that? Spider webs, yeah, those are also very dangerous, especially for you know pets that are going to eat them because they're long and stringy and those can actually get stuck in the intestinal tract and um, cause an obstruction. 
You know, the new big thing is Halloween trees. Have you seen one of them? I have not. They basically come in all sizes and shapes. They could look like a Christmas tree, except it's black, uh, very narrow. And some of them have lights. Some of them have a few bulbs. Um, or they could be lighted and um, metal, like the one in my studio. What do you uh, What do you think about potential dangers of the lights and the bulbs, the dogs and the cats? Yeah, so electrical cords um, can be a problem, especially, you know, if they're plugged in, the dog or cat bites into them, they can get um, electrocuted and they can get burns in their mouth. Sparkly metal trees, we do worry if they contain some of the heavy metals that can be potentially toxic if your pets eat them. Oh, another shout out for decoration dangers. Um, when we think about using corn stalks and corn cobs, um, some dogs love to chew on those and those can certainly cause an obstruction. Corn cobs are some of the most dangerous things out there for dogs to swallow because they do get stuck in their intestinal tracts and they need life-saving surgery. You know, and the other thing is I think when people are um, pulling out stuff for Halloween, like I was thinking, I need to take my fog machine home. And then I, you know, so th thus to make the fog, you have that liquid. So you have to be really careful, especially if you're working outside because some of the things that you can hang up can also attract as well as affect the wildlife, yes? Yes, um, so it's all about prevention, right? Making sure animals don't have access. Um, you know, same way with wildlife, you know, bring those things in if possible so they're not exposed. Great, well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Tina Wismer from the ASPCA. You guys know her, she's an advisory board member for the Pet Buzz. Uh, and we're talking about Halloween or Halloween pet dangers. You know, Dr. Tina, at Halloween, we're always worried about anxious pets and door dashers who wanna get away from the holiday hubbub. Can you give us a few tips when dealing with, especially these types of dogs? So certainly putting them in a crate or behind a baby gate, maybe in your bedroom with something to occupy them, right? A great uh, treat or toy, um, having the you know, TV or radio on so they don't hear the doorbell as much. Um, all of that will help reduce their stress. Now, what about pet escapes? How can we prevent that? Because, you know, the doorbell's ringing, we're opening and closing the door with all the trick-or-treaters coming around. So I'm always worried about door dashers. Yeah, it is a little chaotic, right? When all of those children are coming to the door. Um, so I think once again, it's keeping them behind a closed door, right behind a baby gate so that they can maybe see some of the activity, but not participate because we don't want them to escape. Um, just in case, make sure you've got a collar with identification and make sure your pet is microchipped. That's great. Also, I'm going to suggest um, a GPS tracking system is always helpful, especially when there's so much holiday hubbub, a tracker like a GPS tractor like Tractive, which is very inexpensive, can be bought on Amazon. They're usually having a sale. So if it's $45, usually on Amazon, it's around $35. It tracks in real time. And that's what's so great. Lastly, let's talk about candy, Dr. Tina, what we need to do to protect our pets when it comes to the candy and the candy bowl. So with candy, certainly it is a chocolate holiday. Uh, we know that dogs have no off button uh, when it comes to chocolate. So they will eat all they can get a hold of. So depending upon how much they get, we could just see some mild stomach upset. Or if they get a lot of it, it's potential that we could see, you know, high heart rates and seizures. So we need to keep the chocolate away. 
And we do worry that if anyone has a sugar-free candy this time of year, xylitol can cause problems in dogs. Now, does xylitol cause problem in cats? It does not. Cats do not have the problem. It's a species-specific thing for dogs, causes low blood sugar and potentially liver injury. Anything else that we should think of about this time of the year? Any other dangers? Uh, make sure that um, they have a nice, uh, you know, tight-fitting collar or harness so they can't run away if you're taking them trick-or-treating with you. Some pets love to be in the chaos. Others do not. So know your pet and make sure that um, you do the best for them. Well, Dr. Tina, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us the ASPCA website and tell us about the Poison Control Hotline? So our web address is ASPCA.org. And there's a lot of great articles on there about Halloween dangers and other dangers around your house. There's also a nice list of both toxic and non-toxic plants. The Animal Poison Control Center is here 24 hours a day, um, and we'll talk to pet parents and to veterinarians about potential poisoning situations. If you need to get a hold of us, our number is 888-426-4435. Well, that was Dr. Tina Wismer of the ASPCA Poison Control Center. She is a Pet Buzz Advisory Board member and a frequent contributor to this show. Dr. Tina also is an associate professor at University of Illinois at Urbana. So keep your pets safe as you always do, but just don't forget about specific Halloween hazards this month. We are going to take a commercial break and be back with Halloween Spirit, as well as veterinarian Dr. Jason Stull talking about health concerns at big seasonal events. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. What if you could help turn back the clock and help your dog play like a puppy again, no matter their age? Introducing Dr. Marty Pet's Nature's Blend, a premium freeze-dried raw dog food called the Miracle Worker by Forbes magazine. Dr. Marty is now helping dog parents right at home. I've helped countless dogs thrive with one simple concept. Your dog needs a high meat diet similar to what their ancestors ate in the wild. Nature's Blend is designed to support your dog's healthy lifespan with turkey, beef, salmon, duck, seeds, veggies, and fruit, and with zero artificial preservatives. When given the choice between Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. For a limited time, save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get free premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. I'm so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Study available upon request. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, this month, many pet parents are celebrating Halloween at large scale events with other dogs and their families. But it's important to note that while Fido's passing a few hours at a pet parade or event, he or she can carry diseases back to their homes or neighborhoods, producing expensive vet bills. 
abandonment, or even worse. That's kind of spooky in itself, right? Yeah, it's a good spooky start. And joining us today to discuss how to reduce the spread of disease at pet events is veterinarian Dr. Jason Stoll from The Ohio State University College of Veterinary Medicine. He is an assistant professor of veterinary preventative medicine. Dr. Stoll, so nice to have you back with us again on the Pet Buzz today. It's just a complete pleasure. I, I really, it's a topic I love talking about. Happy to talk about it, about it with you guys. And you know, it's so funny because how long ago has it been since you wrote that white paper on this topic? It's been over five years. Five years. And you're still one of our favorite guests. <laughs> <laughs> too kind, too kind. Well, Dr. Jason, when you have so many dogs at community Halloween, pet parades and other events, are there opportunities for the spread of disease to happen? And what are some of the most commonly spread diseases? Absolutely. This needs to be on every pet parent's mind. Anytime we bring animals together, even if they seem completely healthy, we can transmit diseases. Diseases can be transmitted through animals coughing, sneezing, having contact with others, or even just sharing a water bowl. And so some of the common diseases or most common diseases are things like canine cough. Uh, so some people might know of it from as kennel cough. We can have diseases like different types of gastro or different types of GI parasites that people can, that animals can transmit and things like even like ringworm. So these diseases can be transmitted, for instance, from dog to dog or from dog to other types of animals and even from animals to people. So what's the best way to stop the spread of these diseases? Well, there's a couple of things that we can all do, and that's the most important thing. We can all do something about it. So number one, there are vaccines for many of these different types of diseases. Really important if you're going to have your pet to uh, different types of group events like like uh, like um, Halloween parties or Halloween parades, make sure that your animal is up to date on vaccines and other types of preventative medicines. Don't share, right? Everyone else says to share things, but let's really try and be careful about that. So in an environment where we don't necessarily know these other animals, we shouldn't be sharing things like water bowls or brushes or things like that. Making sure that you pick up after your pet, right? Again, always supposed to pick up after ourselves, pick up after your pet. The animal is uh, going to the bathroom in certain locations. It's really important we immediately remove those feces from the area and we dispose of them properly. And then finally, if your pet's not feeling well, it shouldn't be going into the public. So coughing, sneezing, diarrhea, vomiting, these are signs that your pet's not feeling well. It should stay home with you until it is feeling better. Well, you know, one of the things that I learned from Dr. Stahl, and you know what that is, the water bowl. Mm -hmm. Always carry your water bowl. While you were talking, I went to go check my purse and I realized I just took the water bowl off my purse because one of our dogs is in the studio. But no, it's really important. And um, I think uh, especially I was in L.A. this summer doing a TV show at KTLA and I had the water bowl and I said, you always have to bring your water bowl to events, even if that's the one thing that you can really do, because most people need to train themselves and do it on a daily basis. Do not drink out of the communal water bowl, even at the dog park. So once you get used to bringing that portable water bowl, I think it sticks. So Dr. Jason, thank you for that. That's that one big tip that I live almost every day. My pleasure. So if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Ohio State University, Dr. Jason Stahl, about reducing the spread of disease at pet events. So we talked about the people um, who go to these events. What about the organizers? What do they need to know about 
involving themselves in activities to reduce the spread of diseases at these events? Great question, because yes, there's a lot we can do at the individual level. We just talked a little bit about that. But community organizers have a role to play. And part of it is reminding people, one, what they need to do. So we kind of talked already about that. Maybe even establishing some guidelines. So we don't want your pet involved if it has, for instance, the following things. It's recently been sick, et cetera. Also thinking a little bit about, so we mentioned the water bowls, but thinking about these types of opportunities for disease spread and trying to reduce those. So ensuring that dogs can just be spread out a little bit more, animals can be spread out. There are are places uh, for animals to drink. If there are gonna be uh, paper components to this, having those available so that for instance, animals do have an opportunity to, to drink from a bowl that is, can be discarded after or washed and disinfected. And that gets to the disinfection part. So with COVID, we've all learned about the importance of cleaning and disinfection after contact. And if there are similar types of kind of close contact areas, in some of these events, just thinking a little bit about occasionally disinfecting some of those areas so that they don't serve as a source of infection for other animals. Well, what about wildlife? What what should pet parents take into consideration regarding wildlife at these events? So wildlife, of course, are fantastic. It's part of our lives and part of you know, what we deal with in communities. However, Animals are domestic animals, wildlife animals. These really don't mix very well. And there's lots of reasons we can think of bites and scratches between the animals and we can think of diseases. So hundreds of hundreds of diseases that our pets can get, many of which can be transmitted directly or indirectly from wildlife. And so it's important for for us to control our our pets while while we have them outside so that they're not going to be interacting with wildlife. And as an organizer, trying to ensure that wildlife don't have access to the same locations and places that we're going to be, for instance, having this particular event. I'm really glad that I brought that question up to you because it was a component of your white paper. And I think a lot of people need to realize that most of these pet events are outside. They're at big parks. Um, They're on the grounds of small arenas or small stadiums where there's lots of parking, lots of outdoor activities. So there is a chance for wildlife, especially because there are garbage cans with leftover food from any events. So I think um, pet parents need to think that there's always a wildlife component when they go to these events. Um, And just even in your neighborhood, you know, it's always a great idea to ask people if your dog is vaccinated or has parasite protection before you let them interact. I, for example, live um, five houses from a creek. And one of the things that we have a lot of in our neighborhood, and they're starting to come out during the day, they're not, I don't know if they're sick, but we have a lot of raccoons and young pups. So they're at that later adolescent where you don't want to run into an angry or rabid raccoon, whether it's early in the morning or late at night. So I think it's something pet owners need to think about. Yeah, you know, we're talking about events, but we also have to remember that pet shops encourage people to bring their pets to the pet shop. Mm-hmm. And so there's generally speaking, a lot of pets involved in a small space there, just like an event. So what we're talking about here is general care and preventative care. That has to be taken into consideration when you're just taking your pet out to go to the pet shop. Or the vet's office. Or to the vet's office. Yeah. And the vet tells them what to do. And, you know. Now you can see why Dr. Stull is one of our favorite guests. 
Well, Dr. Stahl, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you give us a website where we can learn more about spreading diseases at pet events? Absolutely. So a lot of the work that you've mentioned, so we have a white paper, we've got a journal article that was published, we've got fact sheets that are like specifically positioned and specifically targeted toward pet owners. You can reach all of this stuff at The Ohio State Universities. You can just type in disease prevention at canine group settings, disease prevention at canine group settings, OSU, and you'll come up with, uh, with our website where all of this information is freely available to anyone who has interest. Great. Well, just to remind you, that was Dr. Jason Skull from the Ohio State University College of Veterinary Medicine. He is Assistant Professor of Veterinary Preventative Medicine. My pleasure. Really appreciate the opportunity. Next up, we're going to talk about photo tips. I know a lot of people have seen images, scary images in their photos, including dogs. So we'll be back in a buzzworthy minute. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and country. You don't have to wait until October 31st to create a great seasonal photograph, especially if you have pets. I thought it would be a great time to talk about fall and Halloween photography, pet tips and tricks. And joining us today is Ken Morris, photographer and producer based in LA. That's Los Angeles. He uses his iPhone for about 75% of his photography, especially when he's photographing his two dogs, three cats, four turtles, all rescues, by the way. So hello, Ken, and welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, Nice to see you, Charlotte. Yeah, great. I'm happy that you're here because this is a special time of the year and everyone wants to take pictures. So, Ken, can you talk to us about how best to create a Halloween pet pick? So I love Halloween and especially Los Angeles loves Halloween. Everybody really gets into it. Costumes, all kinds of stuff. It's very accessible. But there's a lot of stuff that People can do any part of the country to really add some of those like spooky vibes. Uh, things like hay bales, most grocery stores sell those. Pumpkins, most you know grocery stores sell those. And you can do a lot of that stuff that's you know traditional Halloween. You know, cut up a pumpkin, place it around the pets. Uh, but there's also ways to get a little bit more creative with things like um, decorations in the background and like putting up black paper. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that my mom used to do when we would you know decorate for haunted houses as kids but really just trying to create a world around the pet so you can get a little bit wider and have some flexibility you know putting up some uh, fun lights uh, some halloween lights different colors uh, really just trying to decide what vibe you want is it something more kitschy something more vibrant uh, something spooky 
Yeah, I mean, it's all really cool. Um, one of uh, our advisory board members suggested she has cat. She's our cat authority. And she suggested just having your cat and then as well as having a skeletal cat. And I thought that was pretty cool. Ken, what's one of the first things that we should do before shooting with our smartphones? Because I want everyone to know it's about smartphones. It's not necessarily about Androids or just iPhones. It's about smartphones. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So three things. The first, especially when working with our pets, is just take a moment to breathe because our pets can't communicate in the same way. So they might be getting a little antsy or frustrated. And we need to have patience with them because if we get frustrated, they're going to read that energy and it's just going to make the thing go terrible. And so it has nothing to do with our phones, but just take a moment and remember that we love them and they love us. And this is supposed to be a warming experience and fun. I always like to... Make sure my camera is clean unless I'm doing something crazy because you can sometimes use a dirty lens to create a spooky vibe. But for the most part, it's best just to take, you know, like a soft uh, microfiber cloth and just wipe off that lens. You said three things. Oh, and then uh, the other thing is uh, really just take a a moment and just look about around the space that you're in. Uh, Because if your pet is moving around and you just you sort of build out that set a little bit bigger, you can be a little bit more flexible with, with, you know, creating the images. And so even instead of just having trying to keep your pet in just one spot, kind of create an environment where they might be able to interact and it's just going to make it go a little bit easier for you. Cool. So what features on our smartphones can we use to give our photos an eerie or spooky feeling? So uh, I primarily use an iPhone. I have the iPhone 13 mini. but Every phone brand has some version of this nowadays, and I generally don't use the live view feature, um, but if you do use it, you can set it for a lot of different, there's like a bounce setting, there's a loop setting, but then there's also this long exposure setting. Mm -hmm. And when you use, it can kind of create a spooky, mysterious vibe, especially if your pet's moving around a lot. And so instead of really getting latched on to, oh, I need my pet to be posed, if you do turn on this live view setting in the iPhone, I forget what's called an Android, but you can choose the long exposure. um, Yeah, that's what it's called, long exposure. And it kind of creates this really cool, mysterious vibe. Uh, And then the same thing with the, uh, the bounce and the loop views is if they are doing something funny, you can capture that, uh, that activity and and share it as a a GIF or a GIF. Um, And then the, the other thing I would suggest is you can use just the regular, uh, you know, the, the camera app on your phone, uh, whether that's Android or iPhone, They're, they're really great, but there's a lot of different apps out there. Some of them are free, some of them cost a little bit of money, but they give you a lot of different options uh, for your smartphone. So you can really dial in, maybe make it a lot more brighter or have a little bit more flexibility in editing. And that's where I find the spookiness really comes out is once I've created the image, I, I really like to edit that. Yeah. And I'm sure if you, you could just search Halloween apps or photography apps, and I'm sure a bunch of stuff will come up and then you could take your pick. I think lighting also has a lot to do with it sometimes, even on your, sure when does. you're playing around with your smartphone, you could get some eerie kind of feeling. And also I think that that takes into consideration the color of your animal and you, you know, you'll play around with it and see. So it's always fun. Should we think about adding any features to our smartphones to get that perfect shot? I mean, sometimes I add, um, you know, like a, a light add on 
Yeah, light add-on is great. It's really going to depend on the kind of vibe you're trying to create. Uh -huh. uh, I use a lot of off-camera lights. Um, and honestly, it's just it's just as simple as setting up, uh, you know, sometimes uh, like a living room lamp in the corner just to create a little bit more uh, of energy or, or, or dynamics to the image. Uh, I don't use a lot of on-camera uh, lights myself because I find that they're a little bulky and I really like to get sometimes down close to the ground. And so I don't want anything on my phone. But some people really do like that. You know, you see the ring lights. Um, I've seen people have a little handheld light where you can just sort of hold it to the side. But I also saw one guy, he just clipped those. They're like little um, camping lanterns. And he just clipped them to his like shirt or vest or whatever it was that he was wearing. And so it just created a little bit of a glow. And so as you're sitting close to the pet, you're not having to worry that there's something on your phone. You're not having to worry about resetting anything around you. He's just glowing from the front. And it puts a little bit of uh, character in your pet's eye. You know, that's what really, I think, makes an image stand out is when that light is coming into our eyes. It's actually reflecting back from the retina. And that's the same thing with our pets, you know, red eye and all that. But it creates just a lot more energy. And so trying to get a little bit of light into your pet's eye without blinding them uh, can just create a lot more vibrance to your photo. Got any suggestions for us to turn our photos into cards? There's a lot of websites out there that will do it, and most of them are, are perfectly fine. Uh, one thing that we like to do, my wife and I, is we, we'll print these cards out as little like scavenger hunt. We actually do it for each other where we'll we'll make the cards and, oh, here's, you know, find these items. And it's just like a like a gift, a gift idea for for the holidays. Uh, but another another thing I saw that was pretty cool is somebody that printed off their um, their contact info on on. The back was well, like a business card, but it was mm -hmm. actually their pet. You know, it's like, oh, you know, here's uh, uh, my, my pet business card. Lastly, and you had and you had touched on it before. What should every pet owner remember when um, photographing their pets? Definitely, definitely that patience. Um, definitely under remembering that it's about that relationship with our with our four leggeds, uh, if they still have their four legs, and um, really just enjoying it having fun i mean shorter is always better with animals mm -hmm. with the pets uh under i feel like 15 minutes is probably yeah maybe 10 it just depends but really after about that they're done just another day should come back later but uh just remembering that it's it's supposed to be fun it's supposed to be something yeah that that it's like relationship building with our their little, you know, pet friends. Yeah, um, it's an, about enhancing that bond between mm -hmm. pets and their people. Ken, thank you so much for joining us today. It thank was you. a pleasure. I'm going to have to have you back or maybe meet you in L.A. when I'm out there in about two weeks. Give us your website. Uh, my website's uh, kenmorris.photography, www.kenmorris.photography. Well, just to remind you, that was Ken Morris, a photographer and producer based in L.A. in Los Angeles. He uses his iPhone for about 75 percent of the time when he photographs his pets. You know what? You don't have to be professional. You can start now because you have about three weeks to go. So enjoy your time. And once you perfect it, then Christmas is just around the corner. Did you hear the howl? How for what? The how because it's the wrap up. Oh my gosh. Again? Yes, again. Oh boy. Before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week we're talking with Dr. Marty Goldstein about how he has helped animals live longer and better lives. Hey, I'd like to give special thanks to our guests, Dr. Tina Wismer, Dr. Jason Stoll, 
and Ken Morris. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And of course, Dr. Marty Goldstein with his Nature's Blend, Biologically Balanced Nutrition. If you have any questions, write to us at teamatthepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it in the next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. You'd never knowingly feed your dog sawdust, but it's one of the most common fillers found in dog food today. Even the ones labeled healthy can contain powdered cellulose, otherwise known as wood pulp. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend. She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication. Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be 14 this summer. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text off to opt out.